G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's me, Kieran, and I'm here with my friend, Darcy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Darcy. I'm here with my friend, Kieran. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Kieran, and you're listening to Weakness for Bleakness. Yay! Yeah. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, the captain said, the icebergs only dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when workers philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast the tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, everyone their own despise, remember when the world was wise, we know, no, no. All right, Darcy, what's your first headline for the week? Daniel Andrews has made a terrible mistake. No, I refuse to believe it. <laughs> he has. Uh, we have This is from... Uh, this was a birthday present uh, from the Human Rights Law Centre. It was published on the 7th of September, just as I uh, came towards the end of my third decade on the planet. <laughs> Only another five to go. To tell me that Daniel Andrews has put through some divisive anti-association laws. They've gone through the lower house. Mm. And essentially, they will allow the police to uh, to instruct uh, Australians from the ages of 14 and over Mm. uh, if uh, the police feel that they oughtn't to be making friends or spending time with shady characters of a rougher disposition. Right. Now, the police have always had anti-association powers that they can slap onto people. Yeah. So it's not brand new legislation, but the scope of the powers is unprecedented in Victorian history. Wonderful. The police no longer need to uh, have a genuine and justifiable concern of criminal activity. Yeah. Uh, and they can now force this onto minors. So essentially... Whereas the police used to be able to, for instance, tell criminals involved in an ongoing investigation, you're not allowed to fraternise anymore because it'll yes. fuck the investigation up. Yeah. I think that's more or less fair. Not great, but well, it's... Well, I mean, in terms of compromises cons- between, like, keeping people locked up until the investigation is yeah, done... I can see the argument ...letting them it. conspire to bomb the police station... Not nuts about then, it, but, yeah, 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 I can see why we might want... You know. It's not the most egregious misuse of police power that we've seen. But this absolutely is. Yeah. And for those who want to try and uh, ooh, let it see what happens, our, uh, our, our foolish friends in New South Wales already mm. have. Yeah. Uh, Andrews is continuing a long line of, of, of Labour Party Premier decisions here where he's, he's taking awful ideas from New mm-hmm. South Wales Liberals Great. and for some reason applying them to, uh, to a much more progressive and, and much more... Uh, anti-authoritarian electorate. Yes. When this was trialled in New South Wales, they found that the police operate... They, they, they issued these uh, these inf- notices illegally, mm. and they had a strong guess what kind of bias, uh, Kieran? Uh, if I had to guess... This is my revenge th- for that game you made me play last week. I think week. it would be... Uh, it's definitely a class bias. There was I a right? class bias, yeah. Oh, also oh wait, no, no. A gender bias, perhaps. There's also a gender bias, Interesting. but bound to up... See if I can get three out of beneath three. Beneath those biases, the overarching yes. bias... Is a radicalised person bias. Oh, very good. 
What yeah. Kieran's artfully dancing around, of course, is the racial bias. <laughs> ding, 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 give that man a coconut. Yay. Yes, the uh, the infringement notices applied overwhelmingly to members of the indigenous population. What a surprise. What a surprise. See, this just goes to show that you can never tell what's going to come down the pipe. You never know what's going to happen when you enact. Uh, you never know. Nobody could have, nobody could have seen that coming. Well... <laughs> In this country, which has solved as, racism and successfully uh, assimilated the Aboriginal population into a nice, prosperous, multicultural uh, country, yes, who, could, well, who could have seen that the cops would have exclusively ragged on black people? Not exclusively. Yeah, sorry, uh, they, my they, mistake. They, they only attracted a, a shockingly disproportionate... Uh, ah, okay. Uh, uh, my mistake. Uh, I apologise to the police. But the, the police did, I'm sure, occasionally issue these notices according to the intent with which the government had given mm. them the power. But it was fat, even with the expanded laws, that they, they used them in a discriminatory and still illegal fashion. Yes. Uh, and there's absolutely... No compelling argument to be mm. said, uh, to be made, that these powers will assist law enforcement with anything. It would take it's- a fucking idiot not to realise that this is exclusively designed to mollify a particular part of the electorate, yes, which designed- has been tricked into being racistly afraid of African gangs. This is ointment for our right-wing bum boil, exactly right. Yeah. And it's uh, snake oil <laughs> ointment. It's not going to achieve anything. Yeah. All, yep. all it's doing is making the country worse because the Labour Party have elected another wallpaper uh, textured coward mm. to lead them. It's frustrating because Daniel Andrews uh, is in that position where the previous Liberal state government was such, like, consistent fuck-ups. They were completely that, pointless, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, that, like, inevitably there are... Huge positives to the Andrews government because he does things. Yeah, the the massive. <laughs> Some of those things will always be better. The massive, insanely frustrating. It must be said, infrastructure push. I'm a big fan of. I love the infrastructure push. Everything to do with law enforcement is centrally dog planned shit. Uh, infrastructure sprees. Speak to a, a more traditional uh, socialist that lurks inside both of us. Don't yeah, they? yeah. There's a little bit of the. You can hear the fucking gradually rising. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you're quite right. The, the education's push, the infrastructure push yeah. have been amazing. And he has a, he, he's, you know, sometimes made the right, right noises about, uh, about moral issues. Yeah. He's been a good uh, speaker yeah. for people, those concerned about violence against women and so on. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it's the actions around it's like if you ha- if these, you ha- these batters. If you have to choose a turd to put in your soup, cops... Are a bad turd. <laughs> Does that analogy hang together? That metaphor. Well, I tell you what, they're 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 they're, they're an oddly sinuous, tough turd. Yeah, you'd need it. You'd need a, a hot, little bit s- of- <laughs> slow cooked soup to make that uh, swallowable. Yeah. Yep. And it still gives me the shits. <laughs> Look, it's it, it's interesting, right? We, we, we've now stepped into a into a, a level of. Uh, Essentially, rights negation, abnegation mm. in uh, in Victoria, which is yeah historically unprecedented. We're pretty much not pretty completely historically unprecedented, but oh no, it is in Victoria because this was a free settlement. Mm. So the only places in Australia that have had more bullshit laws than this were the uh, uh, pre-independent, actual 
penal colonies of yeah. Fad Demon's Land and Botany Bay and so forth. Sure. Nowhere that was a free settlement zone has mm. had this kind of nonsense. Yet apart from, of course, the Northern Territory and indigenous areas. Yeah, yeah. Well, that needs to be said that we're yeah. talking about the context of a major What is euphemistically called mainstream Australian yes. culture. Yes, yes. Mainstream. Um, yeah, it's fucked People like to think of turning fascist or turning into a police state as a switch, and they're such, like, emotive terms that it's hard to use them for yeah, shit well, like we, seriously. Yeah, well, we like the sort of but, campness and the drama of a real Nazi takeover, yeah. don't we? But it's actually quite a boring process well, these, for most of the world. Well, these are... I, I'm not alarmist enough to suggest that Daniel Andrews is trying to install a miniature dictatorship in Victoria, but these are absolutely the foundational building blocks of such a government... Yeah, and getting and, used to getting people used to these kinds of ideas, these mm. kind of intolerable restrictions, is is the essence of the genius of authoritarianism. Yeah, and I mean, if you're also if you're a young person who is not white and you're being constantly hectored by police, and then they get this new power to make you and your friends go home when you're hanging out in a park on a Friday night. If only we like, knew what was causing all these young Muslims to. Yeah, I say all these young Muslims. The what th- four young Muslims over yeah. the past decade? <laughs> yeah, that's a strike rate of zero point two five young Muslim <laughs> miscreants a year, Darcy. And that's yeah, um, yeah. If you're one of those people, then the difference is pretty meaningless. It is between a yeah. There's literally. I'm going to do my my usual search for a silver lining. Okay, I've got one. Yep. Excellent excuse to avoid family gatherings. You can literally say the police have actually made a criminal offence for me to go to Christmas dinner. Yeah, there so. you go. Wonderful. <laughs> of course, people from other cultures tend to have much healthier family. I don't know if that's true. I don't I'm think that's true at all. It's just that all of my friends with, uh, like, near... How do you say this? Their parents or their grandparents are immigrants, like recent yeah. second generation immigrants or like whatever. Recent families. Yeah, they have all of these really healthy fucking family lives where they get together and you know, as a person who can never emote or speak frankly. So that about that, his, that silver lining, jealous. silver lining may never apply to someone who actually needs it. Well, yeah, to a family or to a person who's already through psychological and emotional self-destruction, cut themselves off from human contact with their family, effectively. Uh, We uh, joke around a lot on the show, lots of bits and laughs, but uh, this moment has been randomly selected to deliver a message of love and support to a lucky random... uh, Who is it? Oh, it's mum and dad. My mum and dad. Love you, mum and dad. The silver lining is redundant. <laughs> However, you know, in if fairness, you need it... Silver linings usually aren't very good. The, mm. they, 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 In fact, they don't even exist in nature. Storm clouds literally don't have uh, yeah. silver linings. That's very true. Shall we, shall we move Next on? Next topic. All right. Uh, so the last couple of weeks, right, we've been... We keep getting into these serious topics that are like quite genuinely depressing and they're usually about areas that neither of us are experts in and we're doing like the classic two white dude podcaster thing of being like hey friends listen to us talk about race today <laughs> at length and with very little background information oh, and it's just it's Kieran, been, you got me you got me it's been bumming me out 
it's been uh, not good. So I thought I'd so go back. Found some go fun back, racism. Go that we can back talk about. to the. Well, no, no, not racism. Well, no racism. I'm just not this week. Oh, it should be. This is to stave off accusations of negligence in a week and a bit where like the Mark Knight fucking cartoon controversy happened and those two Aboriginal uh, boys drowned in the river and Yeah, that was a tragedy. The the uh the girl was less concerned like, hectored about Serena. By... All right. Uh less my the whole point is not to talk about it, Darcy. Not <laughs> to talk about Sorry. it. Sorry. Sorry. And that little girl was hectored by the media for fucking exercising her absolute right to criticize her country. Uh so I've I've gone back to the spirit in which I began this podcast, which is just dumb shit that fucking makes me laugh. So here's the headline from ABC News. Farmers say they are being gazumped by hay charities buying up feed for drought. Oh, no. Do you know what the word gazumped means? I I mean, I can get it from context. Yeah, let's see if we can I'm get it I'm assuming it's not like a blowjob. Millions of dollars has been donated to charities offering to help drought-stricken farmers by buying a bale. Capital B, capital B. Cool. But there is a growing concern the practice is leading to a distortion in the fodder market. So, basically... So farmers some, can't afford hay now. Yeah, yeah. Some proud <laughs> Aussie patriots have set up a charitable effort... To subsidise the farmers in a more free market way, yeah. which is to say, fucking try to correct something that's not working uh, in the dumbest way possible by, <laughs> by buying money into it. By, by buying hay from uh, from the poor farmers. So why don't in these they just give the money times. to the farmers? Well, because that would be charity, and <laughs> right. these charities aren't about handouts; they're okay. about good market solutions. They're about gormless businessmen who work for minor publications in the city inexplicably buying a hundred bales of hay. <laughs> Which then uh, goes where, exactly? Uh, go, I assume it ends up they at probably, the farms at some They probably point. fucking burn it, man. Uh, <laughs> the end result of this, of course, because produce tends to operate on a sliding scale of uh, price, is that farmers who need hay to feed their livestock... Can't afford to buy hay. Yeah, yeah, because some fuckwits just completely yeah. over-pumped over the supply uh, chain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the hay farmers, you know who you are, are smiling. <laughs> and every farmer that needs hay... Sam Kekovich is- will be furious. Oh, yeah. What's this going to do to the lamb quotas? <laughs> Oh, man, who knows? They'll probably just feed them other lambs and we'll have another <laughs> great prion-based disease to contend with. Australia's due for one. That's all right. Just so long as we're not giving New Zealand another thing to laugh at, at, at us and look smug as fuck about. Oh, I mean, we definitely are. This is dumb as hell. This is it's the weird thing, right, when a neoliberal market tries to push market solutions and the end result of that is like some weird cargo cult version <laughs> of state subsidy, which ends up distorting and crashing the free market. Yeah, but because we won't allow the uh, the statist so-called experts, mm. the technocrats, mm. to tell us where the money should best be placed. <laughs> no. Listen, mate, I've got common sense. I know what's, what's what, and, you know, we're not, not about all of that foolishness, but we are willing to lend a hand to help out our mates. So I reckon put some money in there, the market will take care of itself. Uh, yeah, so I'll just buy that hay and then I'll put it in the water, I guess. <laughs> uh, don't need the hay. So then we're going to have to come up with a long list of, of things to do with hay besides feeding livestock. 
Yeah. Um, school musical production set dressing. Yeah. Um, I guess inner city mm. uh, organic rooftop farming, bedding yeah. and mulch. Yeah. We could have, uh, like, a, a new, even dumber version of the old lady who swallowed the fly scenario on her hands. So, Ooh. like, there were some dickheads who bought up the hay. I don't know why. I don't why know why they, they bought, bought up, up the hay. hay. Maybe. I had to plant an know. orchard. Yeah, to- no. we We sold lots of rabbits to <laughs> use up the hay. <laughs> I don't know. Etc. Etc. Then you buy fucking uh, snakes to control a sudden... So eventually rapid, we just rabbit population basically expansion. occupy these farms and return them into state forest lands in order to solve the yeah. hay problem. State forests populated exclusively by gigantic populations of mongooses. Joe, you know, it's interesting because this obviously this was brought about by people who tried to <laughs> tried to be compassionate and yeah. they're not used to helping people clearly and they got mm. it wrong. Yeah. Why are farms the only people like farmers the only people that conservatives give a fuck about? Like, they're the only businesses that such... they think should be exempt from the laws of the marketplace. They're the only mm. humans who they think should be uh, exempt from the uh, beneficial collectivization of, of, mm. of, of medical and another resources. It's because they're Australia's bumbling son who's <laughs> 35 years old and still lives at home and is trying to get their smoke detector business off the ground. And so you have to make a series of increasingly implausible and contradictory excuses for their behavior because, <laughs> you know, they're just trying to do the right thing. It's a hideously correct assessment. <laughs> Fucking farmers, man. I'm right on board with you a month ago. Poor morons. And they're out there standing in their desert fields being like, now, uh, climate change is obviously not real. Uh, Why isn't anybody doing anything about it? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fucking gender-confused people who have brought this holy judgment upon our land. Now this bastard from bloody Hindustan, Aiden or some, I fucking know his name, he wants to fucking pull a shitload of coal out of the place, and now they're telling me it's not fucking worth anything. (laughs) What's going on? Just planet burning or something. (laughs) Farmer finds uh, economic salvation when he's given top commentator spot with the revamped Channel 9 news. Let's move on, Darcy. What's your next headline? Well, speaking of horrifically overvalued commodities and uh, uh, unforeseen disasters, mm-hmm. Melbourne and Sydney are facing a... Uh, well, Australia is facing a debt crisis, and mm-hmm. Melbourne and Sydney are facing a your asset is not worth that crisis, mm. which is, like, pound for pound worse than America's... Um, housing bubble disaster in 2007, 2008. Sure. This has happened, by the way, that I think 18 months to two years ago, Credit Suisse warned Australians that our property market, especially the Melbourne and Sydney property markets, were really overcooked. Mm. And About every two years as well, you get a new warning from somebody who definitely knows what they're talking about. Yeah, and increasingly more, like, hysterically toned as well. Yeah. And nobody from abroad disagreed with this assessment. Mm. All of the dissenting voices saying, no, it will be fine, were all Australian voices. Here's a thing, people who live in countries... 
if all of the world is advising you that your country is making a terrible mistake mm-hmm. and the only voices arguing come from within your own political faction, yeah, you are being lied to by the locals, not the foreigners. No, that's not true. He's going to make America great again. It'll be good for the British people. <laughs> Uh, when Ameri- when Look, to be honest, America being great again could be quite good for the British people because they're going to need somebody, let's be honest. Fucking hell. Uh... <laughs> so we're looking at a 40% uh, value collapse in the next 12 months. Mm. That's uh, quite significant. It's huge, yeah. yeah. I did see somebody, uh, formerly from Channel 9, can't remember who, saying that 60 Minutes coverage of this was a bit of a beat-up. They didn't agree with it. However, fuck that guy. <laughs> well, no, I'm sure 60 Minutes... So this is... Ah, okay. So, yes. Now, this uh, the, the report references the 60 Minutes segment Bricks and Slaughter. <laughs> that uh, That's, that, that uh... notoriously academic uh, <laughs> uh, paper by reporter Tom Steinfort. <laughs> I really so... like that title. I give that one a pass. <laughs> It is forty percent. So we're literally looking at a, at a four to if it, if we lose two to three percent, and that continues on for a year. Yeah, that's pretty much. We're looking at around a forty percent collapse. It's not yeah. massively unforeseeable. Sure. No, I. I it's it's totally I unforeseeable to in the next three months. Mm. But the next forty months makes perfect sense. In the and it's like two thirds of banks lending. Yeah, that they won't be able to recoup. So yeah. It will be uh, a massive disaster poo for the whole country. Yay! Just while the farms are failing. It's great. Uh, here's the fucking shitty thing about being a leftist when it comes to things like this, is I say, oh, the housing market is grossly inflated and we've commodified what used to be a sort of central social point, i.e. the home, to the point where now the home is a commodity that nobody can afford. That's bad for society. And people say, well, what do you want to happen? Do you want the housing market to crash? Because that's terrible for everybody. To which I say, I Not didn't terrible fucking... terrible for everybody. Well, it's terrible for... It's terrible for a lot of people. For a lot of homeowners, a lot of people, relatively innocent people, will get swept up in the fucking mess of the speculators and investors and shit, and it will have a bad effect on the economy. However, I'm not the person who set up the fucking system whereby a series of loopholes were designed to turn houses into fucking investment assets instead of places to live and not get rained on and shit like that. So, you you know, the left is in this unenviable position of, like, being like, I hope that the housing crash comes. But we we hope that it doesn't have the human consequences we know it will. Yeah, look, it's a a fair point. And it's a fair point to say that we're not responsible for commodifying the shit out of what should never have been a commodity in the first place. Mm. Um... And there's a, a very large degree to which people's chickens will come home to roost because they've made foolish financial decisions. Mm. And a lot of this is really the bank's shitty advice that they've been giving people. That oh, a hundred percent. You know, it's... The, 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 there are reports about people who have not realised that mm. uh, their interest-only payment period of their mortgage repayments thing was... Like, they literally thought those were the terms of the mortgage repayment. Mm. So when the interest-only period has ended and their mortgage rates have gone up by over half of what they like 50 60 70 percent yeah uh more than what they were paying previously have been genuinely surprised by this mm. 
you can blame the consumer for being financially illiterate in that case and not understanding the processes, but you absolutely have to blame the fucking professionals yeah. whose job was fine advising them on what the fi- payment process would be. Mm. Yeah, 100%. When the GFC happened and a bunch of people came out with those hot takes about, like, this is the fault of the morons who just had to own a home. And yeah. it's like, no. And there was a if lot I of sell that. you an egg and it later transpires that the egg is full of fucking anthrax, it's not your it's fault, not your fault, for fault for insufficiently interrogating and, and, the egg. And the fact is, but it was obvious. That it's like, it's, it, one of the problems with expert advice is that it is often not obvious. Yeah. And we are becoming used to, I think, increasingly used to, there being a degree of counterintuitiveness to a lot of expert advice. Yeah. Because if it was all intuitive, you wouldn't need experts. Yeah. And, and that's that's fine and good, and it's good mm. that people can override their, their, their your reflexive mistrust and go, okay, that doesn't sound like common sense, but you're an expert, I'll listen to you. Yeah. Unfortunately, also makes people marks for finance sharks who mm. can pose as being actual professionals with real knowledge. But yeah. it turns out they, at best, don't know what they're talking about, or at worst, uh, evil people. Yeah. And, and talk you into signing a deal that you, on your own, wouldn't have done. Yeah. But yeah, well, the consequences for this are currently unforeseeable. By the way, it doesn't have to be a 40% drop. If it's, 20, if it's half of what's forecast, mm. that's still enough to fuck a lot of people. Yeah, well, that is maybe almost worst-case scenario, because 20% isn't necessarily enough to correct a lot of the markets that have been people have been priced out of. No, it's not going to just going to make to do a it's not going to help anybody who was wanting to buy a house somewhere, yeah. but it will wipe out a lot of people who haven't paid off their mortgage yet. Yeah. Cool. So let's <laughs> fingers crossed for that one. Yeah. Yeah, the sweet spot of no one winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know... And this being Australia, I suspect that's what will this hit. This being Australia and this being the first couple of decades of the 21st century, that's 100% no no questions about it, what's going to happen. And also fucking vampires will be real. and it's <laughs> Like some other fucking completely bonkers thing. Yeah. It'll be illegal for anybody to actually own a home. We'll have to rent them off of fucking Jeff Bezos or something. The Labour Party will reintroduce slavery. It's going to be amazing. Mm. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on? We should. Quickly. Uh, This one's pretty good. Uh, Liberal Party uh, meeting erupts after Tony Abbott hit by rare and substantial protest vote. So the Liberal Party just had a vote to see if Tony Abbott would remain as their candidate for the seat of Warringah. Warringah? Uh, Nobody stood against him, and yet he still only got 60 to maybe 70% of the vote for an uncontested selection. Liberal Party, if it's having lots of... Former Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, his own party. There is a... uh... There is a beautiful trend sweeping the uh, the English speaking world at the moment, and, mm. and and vast amounts of not of the of the rest of the world, but mm. I'm noticing it in in our one because I can read the news better. Mm-hmm. Of yep. of Tories having unnecessary and humiliating votes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Was this vote necessary? Is this just party procedure? Like, I don't, I don't know how. Li- it's totally not necessary. Party. No, 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 no. It's completely unnecessary. Yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> it's good though. It's hilarious. 
if there's no one standing, mm. there's absolutely no reason to put it to a vote. Well, yeah, yeah. You just roll it over. Say, all right, uncontested. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's Assumed wonderful. 100% of the vote, or it doesn't matter. It's wonderful, man. The party continues to be tearing itself apart. And as Abbott and Dutton and that whole crew of morons uh, is pushed from within to without, they keep digging in and just taking more of the fuselage with them. It's pretty wonderful. Well, it's interesting to wonder how they got in control of the party in the first place. Because Mm. they were never... They never represented the mainstream of the people who vote Liberal, yeah. and they've never represented the main body of people who are members of the Liberal Party. Yeah. Although, since they've been this prominent faction of Twazics for a decade now, mm. the the number of genuinely mentally ill Liberal Party members has gone up. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> but for ages and ages and ages, the Liberal Party were a relatively moderate political force. Like There was nothing... Yeah. <laughs> sexy or interesting or dangerous about them. It was literally like, oh yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly your dad's party. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I have to assume that it's just a combination of the baffling but tremendous goodwill that Howard engendered in people for some reason. People who didn't have to, I don't know, work for an hourly wage. Maybe. Oh, because he was Prime Minister when <clears throat> there was an economic boom. And yeah. people yeah, yeah, yeah. are suckers for that. Exactly. So Massive, just general liberal afterglow from that, and then the sort of miraculously timed politicization of the boat people thing, which they were able, the right faction were able to latch onto as something that everybody was kind of genuinely interested in for various reasons, and then gradually kind of... I mean, it was always a little bit racist, but they were able to truly transform it into an explicitly racist. There was always racist. Maybe that's what it did. Maybe because the media has a huge Mm. case to answer for it, doesn't it? In in terms of especially when I say the media, the commercial news or the commercial television stations and the Murdoch press. Yeah. Um, Because the commercial TV stations and radio stations that aren't owned by Murdoch are basically still. They're just, you know, again, more of a more of fish, aren't they? That yeah. trail along in his way. Yep. So I <laughs> the in this fucking country, man. So I suppose, I suppose that makes sense to a degree. But yeah, it's it's, it's nice now. The, the fact that they are a minority within their party mm. is starting to become increasingly clear as the party continues to lose its capacity to absorb their bullshit mm. uh, more yeah. and more and more, which is, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's very funny. It's funny, it's probably going to cripple the party. I mean, it's definitely fucked them out of the next election. I don't think there's any real question over that. Uh, strong possibility, at least two elections, possibly three. Well, given how short elections are, it was a three-year cycle, it's totally possible that it could be two or three. Yeah, um, which, I mean, Australia is also well ready for just a Prime Minister that stays in power for a really long time. That's true, and, and Shorten could be the one, because yeah. he's such a nothing person. Yeah. That no, nobody can really attach anything to him, which includes any compelling reasons for him <laughs> to stay or go. Yeah. He's literally an irrelevance. Yeah, which uh, is kind of what we're hungry for yeah, as a political it was a leader. Really, a like, blank sly spot. move by federal mm. labor, possibly accidental, but yeah. very effective. And if and we can, if they can just maintain enough progressive pressure from within, well, the so. Labor Party is 
as a party, it's it's much more cosmopolitan than the Liberal Party. Oh yeah, and it's much more um, it has much better gender stability than the Liberal Party. You know, it just mm. it looks more like the Australian body, uh, yeah, corpus of citizens than uh, than the Liberal Party does. Yeah, a hundred percent, it does. And there's so much more shit still to come out of the Liberal Party. You know, the the fact that, that Scott Morrison was bullying some of the women who were bullied by Peter Dutton because he didn't want them to talk about Peter Dutton's bullying. And yeah, all yeah. Is, Fuck <laughs> like that whole thing. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And by which I mean better and better and better. Yeah, for the people. Yeah. The only, I mean, the only concern that I have, or not the only concern, but the major concern I have with the prospect of this is uh, whether the Labor Party sees their, like, sure thing as an excuse to not address problems or whether they see that as they should as having the strength to then effectively be able to tackle, like, genuine pressing issues like, for example, immigration, climate change. I think not that torturing people. The uh, I, I I think the gyroscope within the Labour Party is beginning to tilt back towards progressive thinking. Mm. Yeah, I think after that, that the the sort of nineties and noughties inertia of having to balance out all these horrible yuppies that ended up mm. involved with the organisation as a result of the eighties. Yeah. Um, I think there's enough new blood in the Labour Party now from from Generation X and Y uh, activists and and officials yeah. and just members mm. who 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 have no time for this kind of neoliberal compromise that characterised the organisation. There's yeah. still lots of there's still a thousand battles to fight because it's the Labour Party and yeah, you know e- e- even once the the great utopia has been achieved, they will then destroy it. <laughs> yeah, of course. It'll be it'll be a fuck up. But yeah, I think there is enough pressure from within the party for it to keep going. In the I just need like three months of optimism. I can give you three months. Yeah, but uh, like that's I'm saying that I'll be able to get by with that when they yeah. win the election. Oh, I see what be, you mean. There'll be three months, the first hundred days, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, cool, we're doing all of this stuff, and we're going to get to the immigration stuff," Look- and then I'll have recovered enough to, then I would to suggest enter back that into the waters After of they win the election, you and Mads should go on a three-month caravanning holiday yeah, in Australia yeah. and not read the news. And you'll yeah. enjoy your... You can you can come up with whatever happy narrative you like. I can't afford to go for a three-month <laughs> caravanning holiday. Get the university uh, to it'll do it as a research paper or something. No, I've, you can I've be like the Jane that, Goodall of. I've already got that money earmarked to go. It'll be uh, Queen, to, Queenslanders in the mists. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to hear what I'm? I'm actually spending research money on. Yeah. I'm removing myself from the dire political situation in Australia uh, so that I can go and study uh, the dire political situation in the U.S. Oh my god. So, if you hear about somebody killing themselves in the fucking Yosemite National Forest from Australia, just know that it's me. I'll know Mads ate some of the American street food and her immune system exploded. Oh, fucking, yeah, that's going to be rough. Uh, anyway, let's <laughs> let's move on with our new topic stinger. How the gentle rule Stumble through the news with topics large and small. 
trying to figure out all the bullshit they bullshit about the cheesiest sting of all he's talking about the amazing things that are happening in the world today now think about it oh what a lovely stinger that was sting stinger i still haven't looked up i've had one of those things like mimetic fuck-ups where a a stinger is always a weapon of some kind a sting is the like musical punctuation. The bit. smashed glass and the... Yeah, that's a sting. My God! Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, here with our A topic. Stone Cold, what are we talking about today? What? I wasn't expecting you to do the voice. Thank you. Neither was I. It was not. I don't do Texan very well. Oh, hell yeah! Uh, what are we talking about, Darcy? We are talking about homeless Ah, homeless. We are talking about homeless. Uh, It is, so essentially, not just a city issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the Council uh, to Homeless People, which is um, a, oh sorry, Homeless Persons, the Council to Homeless Persons, have released a map which shows the density of homeless populations within... Metropolitan Melbourne and and the surrounding suburbs, mm. and essentially massive is the uh, we're looking at sixteen hundred homeless people within the CBD, mm. of whom about three hundred to four hundred are actually sleeping on the streets. Yep, but in suburbs like Dandenong, Richmond, Collingwood, it's really not a lot lower. We're looking at a twenty percent drop. Yeah. Compared to the CBD statistics. So yeah. homelessness, as well as growing in Melbourne, is becoming a, a higher percentage problem across the city. It's not yeah. concentrated anymore, or not so much concentrated within the CBD. I have two points to throw in before you continue. Mm. One, uh, this is very bad of me, but I was sincerely hoping when you said the council to homeless persons, the next part of your sentence was going to be like is a shadowy network of spies <laughs> ruled by the beggar king with uh, kind fingers of in every pie. Actually, somewhat close to that. As far as social welfare organisations <laughs> go, it is one of the more shadowy and spy-based. <laughs> excellent, <laughs> excellent. Uh, and second, yeah, when I watched that uh, show Filthy Rich and Homeless, which was just primarily a confrontation with the profound naivety of Australian city dwellers. Oh, God, uh, wasn't it just brutally the main yeah. the main takeaway was there was that dude that lived in the van uh, in the suburbs, and it was like, yeah, man, I think that that like if I were lucky enough to have a van and I were homeless, like I would definitely go suburbwards rather than citywards. Easier to make money begging in the city, but like just fucking way less dangerous probably in some suburbs. I think in some suburbs it is safer. Yeah, absolutely. There was but a lady who lived in the park down the street from here. Unfortunately. For a long time. As as you get into conditions that are safer for homeless people, you also mm. move into conditions where there are fewer services for homeless people. Yeah, well, this is true, so and it's... it should also be on the record that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like hearkening back to to the, uh, the, the the man you will be who is determined to stake out a patch of the suburbs. You don't want to admit that he exists yet, but one day there will be an older Kieran de- yeah. defending his manicured lawn. <laughs> yeah, fuck. You ever have those flashes where you just suddenly realise that you're speaking with 
fucking absolutely no authority. That was one of those times. Uh, All the time. All right. So, Darcy, continue, so, yeah. please. Uh, so, but this is this is a problem because there are these areas mm. where we still have heavy concentrations of homelessness services, like St Kilda, like the mm. CBD. Um, should be more enrichment, but enrichment, but. With increased concentrations of homelessness in areas where these services aren't typically to be found or where people aren't used to deploying them, like, uh, say, Glen Iris, like Q, like Hawthorne, mm. essentially what, what, what were more affluent areas with fewer homelessness troubles in the past, it's becoming harder and harder and harder for those who are trying to help the homeless to keep up with the figures and the uh, the movements. Yep. And it's becoming harder and harder and harder for homeless people to find ways out of homelessness and to find services that care for them while they are suffering it. Mm. According to the uh, the Council to Homeless Persons, we are looking at 30,000 uh, new home uh, accommodations that need to be built over the next decade. Yep. 3,000 a year, and they need to be focused more on single-bedroom dwellings mm-hmm. because traditionally the Department of Housing has prioritised families, which makes sense because they've got children. Yeah. So a lot of public housing is set up to have you know multiple adults and children living under one roof, and that's not always appropriate or possible, for especially homeless young people. Mm. are often unable to live uh, with people because of the circumstances that have forced them out of their homes in the, to begin with. Yep. They don't feel safe, sometimes yep. literally aren't safe. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of factors that mean not only is the current housing stock not sufficient, yeah. it's also uh, numerically not adequate in terms of construction and style. Yeah, not suitable. And there are so many more resources required that go into, like, a share home situation. uh, That's right. As well, because you need, yeah, sort of somebody doing some of the admin stuff or, at the very least, like, the adequate research put in to build a harmonious little group. Yeah, it's it's not always appropriate to take... Some homeless people have untreated mental health issues. Some Mm. of them are just in emotional shock, you know, it, it, it's it's common that uh, people need some time on their own, yeah. in their own little territory, getting well, getting themselves back on their feet. You don't necessarily yeah. want to be thrown in a share house with a lot of other potentially troubled strangers. I mean, I fucking for sure wouldn't, and I I'm, certainly wouldn't. I, I was difficult enough living with, uh, with with three relatively mature friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I abhor human contact generally. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, a hundred percent. If you're, odor. if your <laughs> experience of the world for the last however long uh, that you've been without shelter has been in a perpetually crowded shared space where you're never safe, and you know made to feel less than human, of course, like key among your requirements would be a private spot. Absolutely, safe. Absolutely, it's part part of dignity for heaven's sake. You know, we we and we've got um, <clears throat> also to to defeat homelessness. We need to mm. challenge the the uh, the old horrid idea that people are homeless because they won't work. Oh yeah, which, uh, uh, the magic jobs bucket argument. Yeah, it, it's it's one of the most frustrating things because it's just the extremely simplistic worldview of people whose like stuff, shiny shit, depends on them not 
examining an issue at all. Oh, and and Uh, pretending that there's not built-in injustice, you know? Yeah. Of course it has so little to do with laziness. Uh, I'm sure that one time there was a dude who was just so lazy that he became homeless, but so often it's to do with (laughs) other issues of... uh, I don't want to be the person that reduces it down to mental health and drugs because it's also so often just misfortune or misfortune yeah, is actually families a huge or... part of it and sometimes it's simple lack of employability yeah because you're too old not because yeah there's one chap here that they refer to is a master of information technology and computer mm. science and has a undergraduate's degree in journalism sure but because of his age he finds it really difficult finding uh, entry points into the labor market yeah because oh. a lot of people that they insist you start on these cruddy little entry level positions. Yeah. But as soon as you're over the age of thirty six, they're like, mm. Well, you're too old to take an entry level position or you're too qualified. Yeah. But that's okay. Uh there's plenty of advice uh from the Clinton Foundation telling him <laughs> that he should start a blog and that'll <laughs> fix everything. Um Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you may be disabled. This is like or you may be disabled. Or it There's- may not matter, because you just shouldn't be fucking homeless. We have the resources to provide I mean, you outlets can- for yeah, 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 yeah. You can look at Los Angeles as well, which is useful because it's like the housing situation there is so bad that you get to see kind of some of the subtleties of the system expanded up to the point where they become obvious and undeniable. And there, they just have a situation where people who live in rent-controlled apartments, their landlords find a way to evict them because they know that they can charge the next tenant yeah, they can like ratchet the rent 50%, tenants, 80% yeah. more. And so that person who's been renting for a certain value every month now is <laughs> without a home and faced with rents that are significantly higher. Like housing affordability is such a fucking huge one. And the renters market here is already such a like grotesque Oh, it's absurd. Like, no room at the inn sort of scenario where you have to do these applications and take a long time. And if you're just like, I really need a place to live, that alone and its context is almost enough to make you a less desirable tenant. And it it shows you how uh, fearful of of the right politicians are in Australia. Because in Daniel Andrews' great infrastructure Mm. program, there hasn't been any significant accommodation for social housing at all. Yeah nothing it's 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 gross but it's the it's the housing market which you can't fucking touch this is what makes me so frustrated about the housing situation in australia is not just because it's tough for renters or because cities are getting more expensive but because when the housing market is gamified as this fucking get rich quick scheme it it's not just a like a lovey-dovey, quasi-philosophical talking point that we've turned the idea of home into a commodity. It's fucking really, genuinely uh, detrimental to people. And so you have citizens actively campaigning against social housing development because it'll lower my house value. And that's where I've put all of my assets. No, and because people don't want those sorts of people living nearby them, you know? Yeah. Of course. There's also just genuine fear of the poor that enters into it. Yeah. Well, you should be afraid of the poor because <laughs> if you don't fix the problems, they're going to fucking tear your country apart eventually. Not for a while. Not here. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, this is the thing. You can't have a situation just get continually worse without end or you start to see fucking real unrest.
Yeah. Which and is not just having to walk past an African on Brunswick Street. Real unrest is, Not yeah, just an African, people. a Sudanese African. Oh, the, the worst kind. Worst kind. Fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> thank God this isn't an article, because we would have... A, <laughs> we use way too much quite deadpan sarcasm. Uh... <laughs> Thank you for highlighting that. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of these days it's going to come back and bite us in the ass. Uh, well, Transcripts of this will be read out in court. That's good. Did you once say that Sudanese were the worst <laughs> kind of Africans? <laughs> uh, well, you have to... Yes or no, Mr. Moran. Do you know the worst bit about that will be the phone call from Andrew Bolt saying, I too have suffered oh, yeah. what you are I will stand but, with you, brothers. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. That music from the end of Requiem for a Dream starts playing. <laughs> you look into the wind, uh, into the mirror and don't recognise your face. I, I, I look forward to, to, to the day where we're shamed publicly for this because it will be notoriety. Yeah. It'll be and a book deal. Yeah, yeah. Pretty soon we'll be, be fucking... Listen, man, I'm trying to make it as an academic and as a writer, and those scenes are not particularly tolerant <laughs> of controversial figures right now. It's okay. They may not exist by the time uh, this gets picked up on. That's true. Uh, you know that a fucking best-selling book, an author can make, like, maybe $17,000 in a year? I know. Let's not, let's <laughs> not dwell. Let's not really dwell. There's a reason I'm going back to university. I knew it was bad, but it's even worse than it was the last time I checked those figures. Increasingly valueless dollars as well. Yeah, yeah. I Sorry, make I... more from. Uh, <laughs> you might be one of the lucky ones. You could have rich children when your estate cashes in on. Yeah. Something. Sure. Sell the movie rights. That's the only thing. Only thing that you can do. Uh, yes, the home, the housing crisis and the homelessness problem, profoundly upsetting, I think. And it's going to get worse as well. Oh, yeah. This, um, because the government won't take the action, that there's no way they're going to build 30,000 units. Mm. Which, as f- I c- I'm just going off memory, so I could be wrong, which I think is even more conservative than the figures which were asked earlier, which was closer yeah. to 50,000. Yeah, this is literally a to-avoid uh, massive, massive crisis. Yeah. This is the bare minimum that needs to be done. Mm. And it should be doable because this, this, as you say, this glut of get-rich uh, quick household uh, money boxes mm. ought to have given the government sufficient tax revenues to do this kind of project. Yeah. And uh, in a way, you should... Again, if you had a sensible con- conservative in, in place, mm. you could have somebody who'd be able to use these uh, these vast fortunes coming from real estate to balance that scale a bit, mm. to to funnel some of it back into the uh, providing accommodation for the poor. Yeah, is it would be a totally reasonable liberal stroke conservative response to the. But even that is too difficult. Yeah, yeah, and too much because it means. You know, closing some of the uh, some of the loopholes on property taxes. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, the Federal Labor Party have talked about addressing this before, so that could be an inroad into breaking the kind of discourse roadblock that we seem to have at the moment. That if, would be nice. If Federal Labor tackle negative gearing and stuff. Maybe it'll lube the machine up to the point that we can start talking about. So if if, if they just legally to... force state governments to start coming up with imaginative solutions to problems, 
Well, no, 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 not force, but just like there needs to be some gambit, some step away from the housing market as a investment portfolio exclusively, which is what it is at the moment. Well, uh, I mean, I would... Towards the point where we can talk about solutions. You could look at progressive taxes. So you could say, for instance, all right, so you've, you've got a family home. Mm. You've got a holiday home. Fair enough, you're a GP or whatever. Why yeah. not? Mm. But let's say any uh, any additional home will be subject to an increasingly progressive uh, tax regime. So yeah. Which accounts for rent as well as eventual sale. Yeah. Not so that you end up out of pocket, but so it becomes increasingly impossible to actually make money out yeah. of property accumulation. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the way. Alternatively... And that's I think that's a fair compromise I'm offering my liberal friends. Yeah. I'll let you have a couple of properties to kick around with. All right, well, here's my counteroffer, and this is quite a subtle point, so, like, bear with me as I, as I explain it, because it might seem, at first, like... Uh, counterintuitive or monstrous but it's expert advice so if we just seize the property of everybody who owns more than one home make it illegal to profiteer off of housing uh and then use the money that we get from that to build a series of uh very efficient guillotines thereby providing the labor market with a nice injection of money that steel that we're so proud of. Mm. Guillotines need blades. Uh, and we execute the rich and I move overseas before it all goes wrong. So I can't get Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're certainly not looking at my own uh, compromise position very favourably. Mm. I think we'll be less likely to get yours through Parliament. That's true. I That's think we'll true. be less likely to get it... Uh, well spoken of in the press mm, yeah but i could also see how it would be an attractive solution we could just put it in there as the opening position that we can then gamble back from it's like all right well if not guillotines and max I'm, execution i'm, I'm execution. generally hesitant mm. to endorse solutions to human rights problems that involve massacres yeah just because well, although, i feel like although i do massacre have a, is such I a, strong have a healthy sense of irony yeah. I, I feel like you can move in an unproductive direction yeah. with it Possibly. I'll think on it and see what uh, I can come come up with for the next time that it comes up. <laughs> I feel like massacre involves some sort of like movement of but, victims yeah. that isn't necessarily. I'm glad you. I'm glad you did thrust your spear into the idea of home ownership and and uh, property prices, though, mm. because that's a massive part of the homelessness crisis. Of course, mm. is that these. Uh, basic human necessity has been commodified to the point where it is really difficult to get hold of. Privatise the hierarchy of needs. Maslow, who is apparently also now a racist. And a libertarian. He was Hungarian, wasn't he? Who knows? Aren't they all a bunch of racist libertarians? Basically. I assume so. That's what uh, the current government that the Tory government in the UK have endorsed are all racist. Eh, anyway, that point is too... I've been reading a lot about Corbyn and anti-Semitism, but that's for another show. See, Eastern Europe is a good example of a problem with the left if anybody wants to talk about stuff the left should actually apologise for. Mm. Defending Stalin was a, a mistake yeah. we made. <laughs> yeah. Not calling out racism. Yeah. Different things. 
<laughs> I think you have a topic for us now. Yes, a B topic, a little one. Uh, I just want to give a little bit of a trip report because I went to a talk uh, last week. So the Ian Potter Art Gallery uh, on its uh, Melbourne Uni campus is having this show called State of the Union, which is a bunch of art that is related to sort of union activism uh, in Australia. I haven't been to see the show yet, but as part of the show, they also have organized a series of panels. uh, And I went to the State of the Union second panel last week uh, where they had... Let me get the list of people. They had Karina Garland, who is Assistant Secretary uh, at the Trades Hall Council. Uh, They had Tim Kennedy, who's the Secretary of the National Union of Workers. And they had Colin Long, who is the Secretary of the National Tertiary Education Union, which is my fellows. Uh, And they each basically got up and gave a little talk about what they think is the state of the union movement at the moment and what, uh, where it's going wrong and where it's going right. And I expected this to be dreadfully boring. However, it was, it was really interesting. They talked kind of a little bit about social movement unionism, which is the idea that unions need to organize not just around workplace rights, but also to have a broader kind of thesis of social justice and progressive politics as part of their platform. Uh, which is a strategy which has been hugely effective in uh, other countries. It would be a great recruitment tool, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, it's... uh, Because uh, I think workers need support from non-workers. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, the union movement as a whole needs dire rehabilitation in, in, in the eyes of the public. And this is one way to do it. And it's also like focusing on those little knots of complication where it's like the unions are pro-worker. So that means that they're pro-Adani coal mine because that means mining jobs. And, you know, they're pro- And in some cases they're anti-migration because migration restrictions lead to labour shortages which force wages up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of those things. So they they talked uh, about having to kind of be able to have some ideological positions that help to guide the specific actions that they take, which I think is really fucking important as somebody who's kind of that will lead to a serious fight within the uh, the right between the right and left in the union movement. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. But the, the right wing of the union movement needs to fuck off just as badly as the right wing of everything else does. So. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, Tim Kennedy, who's the National Union of Workers, which is mostly like logistics and agriculture workers, spoke about uh, his union's effort to kind of expand their concept of who is and isn't a worker in terms of who's eligible for support from the union to kind of include migrant workers and to better accept sort of casual and contract workers into the fold, which is also something that's very important because... If you kind of set up your union to mostly benefit permanent employees, then you can be undermined by industry's effort to take all employees and to make destroy them the notion of job permanency. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, then Colin Long, my boy, uh, gave nineteen theses about what the uh, the unions are doing wrong, and uh, spoke primarily on that that idea of social movement unionism, the idea that. We need strong uh, 
strong ideology and a, and a political left movement that isn't trying to bargain with the neoliberal uh, consensus and instead trying to inject a strong leftist consensus into the government. And then uh, Karina, who was an interesting speaker, completely fucking lost me because she told me that if I wasn't an optimist, then I needed to pull my socks up and change my tune. Well, Karina, no. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay a pessimist for life. But Why thank did you, she want you to be an thank optimist? Thank you for your work. I don't know. She was. She seemed uh, angry, <laughs> <laughs> I think, because people have been poo-pooing the, uh, the union movement and stuff, which is fair enough. I can see where she's coming from. I think we're just going to have to have different interpretations of being fucking miserable about <laughs> <laughs> workers' rights. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's really just it. A very quick summation of the of the talk. And uh, I'm 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 glad it's happening. Though. I'm glad I'm glad there's some uh, some some ideas being brought into it that that cover non-workplace. Yeah, not just non-workplace cultural issues where where the left is strong, much stronger mm. than the right, and gaining strength constantly that the unions yeah. may as well be part of. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's always been a strong support within unions. For You know, you've, all, you've got people in union uh, wind sheeters at most anti-racism functions. And Yeah, yeah, there's always been that parallel. You know, so some, it's some interesting. Striking CUB guys threw some Nazis out of a Steve Jolly yep. uh, evening one, which was rather good. There's, there's still some footage on the internet. It's charming. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of baffling to me that that connection has been eroded and as the cultural left has only gained uh, steam over the past decade of wanton atrocities, uh, that the union movement hasn't been brought along with it. And so much of it is due to essentially conservative unionism, uh, conservative for unionism. Conservative unionism, yes, but also a really bourgeois progressive culture as well, which is made it pretty much clear to workers that they're the only fucked group we're not interested in helping. Yeah, yeah, that... that. And <laughs> Which was maybe a mistake, retrospectively. Yeah, yes, yes, I think, <laughs> I think you might be right. And a pretty comprehensive propaganda campaign from the political right against unions. Oh, yeah, uh, which has been incredibly successful and... We're and coming helped. back! Have you seen that ad? Yeah. We're coming back! Ugh. And then the one... With uh, the dude who's dressed in, like, a wife beater and suspenders, like a <laughs> 1940s cartoon version of a dock walk. My dock old walker. man's a dustman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Which was from, I don't know, not that long ago. I think it was, like, a hockey ad or something. It's fucking preposterous. I had completely forgotten about that ad, but yeah. Yeah, it's so dumb. <laughs> oh, I'm from the fucking union. <coughs> Are you? Because you seem like a shit actor to me. Yeah, I'm from act- I'm from Actors Equity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need to see everyone's tickets, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm all on board with fucking social movement unionism. I think I think that's what it needs, and we need fucking answers for this thing where it's like I go out and I'm like, oh, you should be in the union if your work, unless your workplace is like really small and secure or something. Generally, if you can afford it, you should be in the union. It's a good idea. And then have people be like, oh, yeah, cool. They've just fucking lobbied on behalf of Tasmanian forestry. And it's like, ah, oh, fuck. Well, yeah, those now ones I've, are Yeah, that's but- true. There, there is a... There, there is a- a degree to which the uh, the progressive movement in Australia needs to have mm. like a series of national conferences to stake out like 
the areas where we're going to present a united front. Yeah. Maybe it's some ones that we should agree not to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and there were a couple of interesting questions that got asked as well. Uh, one guy, the first guy that asked a question was like, I'm in the IT sector. What What's the deal with automation? How does that interact? And I was kind of pleased that everybody who spoke was like, uh, automation is coming. And theoretically, that's what we should be working towards. What we need to do is make sure that workplace conditions and pay and stuff are in good shape so yeah. that when automation comes, maybe we work less. I mean, automation has always been potentially good. Yeah. It's always been good for like society as a whole. It's been yeah. shitty for individual workers because workplaces are... are ran- Bertrand Russell did his thing with the, the, the pin makers. Mm. He's going back, going back to Adam Smith's pin factory. Yeah. And he, he was like, in a rational world, when you come up with a machine that makes it twice as effective, efficient to produce pins, mm. in, in a reasonable world, arranged by an intelligent person, everyone at that factory just does half the amount of hours, yeah. and everyone's happy. Yep. But in a, it, we live in an mental world where half of them get sacked, and everybody else gets double shifts, and somehow pay goes down, and it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> That's why automation sucks. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's, that's what these guys were talking about, which was good because I'm so used to the... And, and again, this is... Mindless job jobs talk. Yeah. But but that will always be the case with automation while the means of production is treated as private property, not yeah. communal property. Yep. Exactly right. Um, yeah. And then there was, there was another dude who was furious, uh, waiting for his opportunity to say how furious he was that essentially the union movement was... Uh, dying would potentially be gone in the next 10 or 15 years and while social movement unionism was nice what it really needed to do was just focus on gaining power and i don't recall exactly the specifics of his question which was actually just an eight minute comment yeah but uh essentially yeah he, he was pissed off and maybe he has every right to be he'd just come from an a protest in in the states. He was clearly involved in unionism, yeah, uh, quite deeply. But he was deeply pessimistic, and I think that upset Karina because, as well, we know, she hates a pessimist. We, we effectively have right to work laws in this country that need to be abolished. That would help. Well, that was exactly his yeah. point. Was that like he'd been at a protest for against right to work, and he was like, "That's yeah, he's right." The normal, but it's. It's he's he's doing a. It sounds like he's doing a pretty classic thing that we do, which is where we kind of listen to we on the left, but I suppose people at large, where we sort of mm. listen to somebody say something, think about it, reflect on how it doesn't specifically address what our concern is, yeah. and then say you're completely wrong. Yeah, what we should do, in fact, is all of what I'm worried about. Yeah. Uh, I I think that using social power by social unionism to mm build the kind of in- industrial and political presence that he wants to get his objectives done. And I, I don't yeah. see why you'd uh, think that one would rule out the other. Exactly. I, I think th- that is kind of the way to get him what he wants, maybe. They threw around the statistic that it's, I think it's like 8% of people born since 1980 uh, who are eligible to be unionised. Only 8% of them are actually in a union. So like, which is low, uh, and it's really like, low. if you want if historically you, low. If it's you, lower than when unionism <laughs> was illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And uh, if you want the young people involved, yeah, 
Well, we've got it. as well. Like, unions can be problematic from a leftist perspective and that they're not necessarily, yeah. although they gravitate towards the left, they're not intrinsically, essentially always left-wing units. No. Look at the SDA, which is fucking gigantic and yeah. by all accounts quite a conservative uh, Very. organization. Trump has a lot of support from unions in America for his mm. fucking mental tariff regimes and shit, <laughs> yep. which is just, you know... Not not only politically foolish of them, but but mm. economically foolish. Tariffs will not help American workers at all. One iota. Yeah. They'll yeah. just make all workers everywhere have a worse time. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the social movement stuff could be a way to. It's a wonderful idea. More closely affix it, uh, and it's also worth saying that these people aren't just pie in the sky motherfuckers. Uh, that the NUW and the NTEU have both had like really important uh, victories quite recently surrounding their their members and workers. And it's worth saying that the NUW guy was like, well, if it's illegal to strike, you strike anyway. So it's good that he's not pussyfooting around the issue. And as somebody who's worked at a tertiary education institution, as well as a bunch of other workplaces, I can personally testify to how penetrating and effective the NTAU's work is in an industry which really, really needs it. Mm. And how their focus on casual workers is good, uh, definitely, because that's all that there is in fucking... <laughs> if you ever want to feel truly just, like, ambiguously bleak, just go into a sessional academics room at a fucking <laughs> university and see the see the people sit there migrating in and out of their cells... Oh, like, in the civil service, we have casualized administrators running this country. Mm, That's not a good idea. No. People, you, you, listener, you may think that bureaucrats are innately incompetent, useless people. But trust me, without a stock of experienced administrators, running a 21st century country is not yeah. going to go well. It's an exceptionally complex <laughs> apparatus. There's no way that it can be done by fly-by-night fucking 19th casuals. century countries were complicated. 21st yeah. century country. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Murder. Um, yeah, I would like to talk about uh, casualization and sham contracting. And I think and we should do that. Do you want to do, a, we'll do a special sometime soon? Yeah, yeah. But I think we should... I think I'm, I'm uh, looking at the clock. We're at, we're at time, so we're you want to time. To, to got a quick spruik. quick spruiking of uh, mm. the Victorian socialists, uh, uh, an amalgam of, of many fine factions uh, mm-hmm. from our uh, our red end of the spectrum. Yes, all getting we've along. Got, uh, we've got to a tr- or doing the, doing a very brave job of getting along. We've got yeah. ten weeks uh, to get Steve Jolly into the House of Representatives. Essentially, mm-hmm. that's our short term plan. Yep. Steve's proven himself in many community issues. Uh, if you want somebody to represent you and what you believe in, don't choose a uh, a career politician concerned about his pension when you have a chance to vote for a real-life Irish loon who will do or die by his principles. Yes. Yay! Yeah. So, give Trades Hall a call. There's mm-hmm. pamphleting that needs to be done. There's door-knocking that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Even just letterboxing if, 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 if you're not a people person. But... Yep. Uh, Give us a hoy. And don't forget you can contact the show at weaknessforbleakness at gmail.com. Oh, yes. Yes. There are no true. tricks with the spelling. There are no numbers where there should be words. It is yeah. just weaknessforbleakness at gmail.com. Yes. Please do. Please do. Uh, until then.
It's a good night for <laughs> until me. When? <laughs> until when? Until next week. Say, yes, until uh, next week. Every Tuesday. <laughs> oh, also with the Victorian socialists, if you're exceptionally time poor and can't afford any of that stuff, uh, you can always just donate money. You can right? always donate money. Yes. Money is. Uh, Oh, oh! Don't we don't don't we love to admit it? But we need money as much as the uh, the Tories do. It's very so. true. It's very true. Unfortunately, <laughs> please donate. It is the blood on which this dread machine operates. That's right. If we wish to turn the machine away from the cliff, we must harness the blood. Uh, unfortunately. All right. Sorry, I interrupted your, your no, sign off. No, that was Just nice. I liked up. that little. Uh, I liked that 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 last thought of uh, uh, blood harnessing. Doesn't sound terrifying in the slightest. Yes. All right. Well, it's a good night from me. And a good night from me as well. Go away. Mm-hmm.